Welcome to the Lost Boys to Found Fathers podcast. I'm Will Haycox, and joining me is my co-host, Gabe O'Sullivan. We are men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who travel the same journey. What's up, Gabe? Good morning, sir. Uh, hey, guys. We're glad you joined us this morning. Uh, we have some cool questions here. We've been kind of thinking about what we we're going to do for this next episode, and Gabe's got some great ideas, so I'm going to throw it over to him and let him tell us what we're getting into today. Yeah, so this is entitled Tough Questions, Honest Answers. It's probably going to be a multi-part series. Well, it is definitely going to be a multi-part series. And what we're going to do is we're going to take some of the questions, not all, but some of the questions from some of the chapters in in my first book. Uh, It's called Thou Will Be Done. Uh, There's a question mark at the end of that. Uh, obviously, for the the reason that we all know, like, can we really trust and are we willing to accept God's will when it's not necessarily seemingly in our favor? And so every other chapter or so in that book, there's some reflection questions that, you know, I want guys to to work through and to, like, take a journal, you know, take a piece of paper, write down your answers to those questions to help you kind of internalize, you know, what you're dealing with. So we're going to cover some of those questions, and we haven't, like, scripted these. Like, um, we don't, you know, it's just going to be, like, straight-off-the-cuff answers that we have, um, you know, for, uh, for, these, for these questions. And, you know, our purpose in this podcast is to help guys, obviously, to, to, to heal after going through a tragedy of losing a child or children. And, and not only that, you know, that's kind of the lost boys section there where we feel like we're lost like we don't know what's next we you know we're we're we're, you know wandering right because you're when you're a kid and you're lost you feel kind of helpless and we've all been there when we've we've lost a kid or or lost children but then to transition us to found fathers right to help how do we let those difficult times make us into better men better husbands you know better fathers eventually uh, realizing that that hey you know tragedy doesn't have to break you tragedy can mold you and you were going to bring up a verse in regards to that will yeah uh, i think we had talked about just before this we were prepping uh, we talked about romans 12 1 and 2 and excuse me this is great podcasting i navigated away from it give me like three seconds and i'll get back to it okay so it says I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So, yeah, just like you said there, the the idea is, you know, we've all been, assuming you're listening to this podcast for the main reason we created the podcast, Everyone that's listening has experienced the loss of a child, loss of a grandchild, have a close friend that's lost a child. And it's really easy, especially in losing a child, to have your whole life consumed by that and you know, take your identity now from I'm a parent of a child that's in heaven. Um, you know, I'm I'm a parent who should have a child with me, but I don't. You know, I'm a parent who grieves every single day for my child and just you know the world has its own identity crisis and i think we can very easily get into that being the central part of our identity and 
our thought process and, and who we are, who we claim to be, and how we live our lives. And I think to an extent that's fine. You know, that's good that you honor your child. We talk about that throughout this whole podcast. We're close to 60 episodes in, and you can probably right off the top of your head pick off 20-plus episodes. But we've talked about how you need to honor your child. You need to remember your child. You know, it's not it's not good and not right to just forget that they existed. But we should be, as this verse says, we should take our identity and we should be conform- we should be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit to be more like Christ. And we should take our identity from being children of Christ, not being conformed to this world. And correct me if I'm wrong, Gabe, I'm not trying to twist scripture out of its context. But in the same thought process is you don't need to be conformed to your struggles and conform to, you know, the sin that rules the world pulls you away from God. And rather than taking your identity as a child of Christ, you take your identity as a person who's experienced great suffering. And you take that, separate that from who you are as a child of Christ. And so this verse, I just kind of wanted to have in mind as we go through this whole section on this whole series here, and you know, I'll bring it up multiple times, or maybe I'll just remind you guys in each episode that this is where we're what we're thinking. That you know, all of our our thought processes, all of our our hopes and our dreams for our children that are here with us, for our future children, and for our children that have passed on, need to be conformed to the Spirit and not conformed by the tragedies that we've been through. Man, that's so good. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that, dude. So yeah, that'll be our theme verse. We'll say yeah for these uh, for these next few episodes. And and another verse that I was reading this morning that I thought was really appropriate for for this uh, series was Matthew chapter eight verses twenty three through twenty seven. This is uh, the story of Jesus calming the storm. It says then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, You have little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So we're going to get into a question about that in just a minute, but you know, a couple things about that verse I thought we should bring up you know certainly this is not just about you know using this as some kind of allegory to say how Jesus can be with you during the storms and trials of life though that's certainly true and we're going to kind of talk about that you know I think this is pointing to to Jesus's sovereignty you know the disciples said they they asked the question what kind of man is this well he's the God man right he's fully God and fully man so you know, this story is showing us that Jesus is God, that he's not just a man mm-hmm. that has some kind of, you know, mystical powers, right? So that's really, I think, what this is going to uh, for to show us. You know, but a couple things we can see from this is that, obviously, if Jesus is God, and we believe that he is, that, that he was able, like, when he was getting on that boat, he knew the storm was coming. Mm. But it didn't, you know, it's not like he was using this as some kind of trick. Like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how the disciples react to this so I can, hmm. you know, bust their chops about having small faith. He was like, yeah, there's a storm coming, but 
dude, I'm here. So it's going to be all good. I'm going to take a nap, right? Because he was tired from teaching all day. He wasn't worried about it. And uh, then, you know, we certainly see that the disciples, even though Jesus was with them, they didn't have that full faith and trust in him mm-hmm. because they wouldn't have been freaking out. They'd have been like, okay, yeah, we're in the middle of a storm. The waves are crashing over mm-hmm. the boat. It's about to sink us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all good because Jesus is with us. We're going to make mm-hmm. it through this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the other, uh, so this is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this story. In one of the other accounts, it says that Jesus was sleeping in the, in the, in the um, I think it said in the stern of the boat. So, like, that's the back, mm-hmm. right? I think so, yeah. So the stern is the is that back. the front? So that's the back. the back. I don't know. So which account that is, but I'll yeah, look real quick. I away. can't remember either, man. But so you know, there's there's some pretty significant uh, bouncing going around. Mm-hmm. You know, it don't matter if you're in the front of the boat or the back mm-hmm. of the boat. When it's that bad that the waves are coming over you, that it's about to actually like crash you or, or you know make you sink. Um, but. Again, he he was he was so calm. He was asleep. He was also probably so tired. He was asleep because he'd been teaching all day, right, and healing people. But, um. So again, we're seeing God's sovereignty here. We're seeing the peace of Jesus, you know, because He knows that He's sovereign, and we're seeing the fact that the disciples didn't really have an understanding of who He was really at this time, or who was with them. And so they didn't have that peace that surpassed all understanding because they didn't understand who Jesus was. And certainly we can apply that to ourselves and to our lives when we've gone through or going through a tragedy, you know, like child loss. Um, So first question is, do you think God is really all powerful? Why do you think he chose not to avert your tragedy of losing Mm -hmm. a child? Well, let's get right to it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've kind of covered some of this before, but... I mean, it comes back to if, if you don't believe God is all powerful, you know, what is your faith built on? You know, like I'm sure a lot of people, maybe maybe I'm just a weird history nerd. And so like I grew up loving like Greek myths and Roman myths and all this, you know, any, any like origin stories, you know, you have a lot of gods or you know demigods and things like that and they're like these really powerful you know take hercules or achilles everybody knows these guys hercules was from all the stories he was a great guy you know he did what he could to help people and save people and he fought monsters he protected towns and all this stuff but he was just a man who was really strong you know he was he was half god whatever but he was really strong and i think a lot of times we kind of see god that way is like he's really good, really strong, but he's not interested maybe in all the stuff I've got going on or maybe he's not powerful enough. Like to this point about Jesus calming the storm, we can see God as like, well, he's good enough to, you know, whatever, get me through when I need a promotion at work or, you know, to help me flee temptation in this area. But if something really serious happens, like, um, I don't know, is he going to be able to stop that, you know? Or if he is all-powerful, why didn't he stop it to the point of what you said? So mm-hmm. I think to answer the question, I mean, I do think God is all-powerful because if you don't believe God's all-powerful, why are you why are you worshiping him as God, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think if, if you have questions about whether or not he is, go back and listen. We've done... I think at least two series now on God's sovereignty, mm-hmm. but you know, 
I think the thing, the quote that I go back to and the one that's drilled into my head, I've used multiple times on this podcast, came from R.C. Sproul, where he says, if there's one maverick molecule in the entire universe, then God is not God. If there's one thing in the entire universe that's outside of his plan that can throw his plan off, you know, he's got a plan from point A is God created the world. And if you want to say that's probably like point a, 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 you know, 50,000 times. But all the way to Z is Jesus returning, Judgment Day. You know, God restores people who are faithful to him to eternal life, creates a new heaven and new earth. Like if there's a point A and a point Z are those two points, if anything in the entire universe isn't controlled by God, that thing could theoretically screw up his plan and then he wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be all powerful. So I'm a Christian because I believe there is nothing that God can't control and that God doesn't control. And to the second part of that question, I don't know that I can give you a straight answer of, you know, why he chose not to avert our tragedy. I think um, we've kind of covered that this podcast as well, that we don't, we don't have an answer of, you know, God allowed my son to die because Mm-hmm. You know, my best friend's going to become a Christian or because me and my wife became Christians through it or because, you know, because we're doing this podcast. Like, I think the the practical answer is to this happen. We lost our son so that this can happen may never come. But I think that we've also talked about in this podcast that if we trust God and we believe that God is all powerful and that he's good, we can say even if we don't know the why, we know he's going to use our tragedy for good. Mm. And we don't have to have, we don't have to hold on so tight to, I need an answer or else I can't trust God. If we already trust God and we know, even if I don't get the answer, I can trust his plan is better than my plan. And I can rest in that. And maybe you don't have 100% you know, your your other book, Gabe, is called Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. Maybe I don't feel perfect peace all the time, but I feel peace. Mm-hmm. I feel some peace that when there's restlessness <clears throat> in my mind about why that happened, I can remind myself God's in control. God is all powerful. I don't know the answer, but he does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's that may be the best answer we get, and maybe that's not what you, you want to hear, but that's what we've covered, and that's what the Bible tells us about God, is that you know the secret things are for God, and the revealed things are for us. So unless God speaks to you in a vision and tells you exactly why your child died, we just have to trust that he has a plan, and you know his ways are better than our ways. I love it. Thank yeah. you. So we'll turn it around to you, Gabe. The next question we've got here is, in what ways do you trust God and in what ways do you lack trust? Yeah, something that just came to me was, like, I think it's so easy for me to trust that he has forgiven me of my sin and that he saved my soul because of my faith in him. Mm -hmm. You know, based on what the scripture teaches, right? We repent, we believe. Mm Mm-hmm conform to his likeness like he saves us right i mean if we admit that we need him as our savior we return we repent from thinking that we can be our own savior by doing enough good things to earn his favor and we 
accept mm-hmm. that he died on the cross, that he, you know, that Jesus is God, that he that he took the place for our sin and that he um you know rose from the grave, that he's victorious over death, hell and the grave, that, mm-hmm. that you know, we accept those things, we make him our king, then then he saved us. And like I don't have a hard time trusting him for that mm-hmm. because I think scripture is clear on that. Where I have a hard time trusting him is in just the day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, because mm-hmm. I'll often, you know, get mad at myself. I'm like, did you, you, you say you trust God to save your soul from mm-hmm. hell, but you're worried about your bank account, mm-hmm. right? Or you're, mm-hmm. you're worried about, mm-hmm. you know, whether your kids are going to grow up and, you know, be, you know, positive members of society are they mm-hmm. gonna end up in prison you know or like like you I'll trust them with with the most important thing mm-hmm. but then I'll I'll take that I'll take the ownership back of mm-hmm. the day-to-day stuff mm-hmm. that um because then I'll, I'll now rationalize it too I'll be like well you know I like throw in some Benjamin Franklin in my Bible instead. I'm like, well, it's probably in Hezekiah mm-hmm. where it says, "If it is to be, it's up to me." Right? Mm-hmm. Or you must pull yourself up by that bootstraps to yeah. you know make mm-hmm. sure that your life is appropriate. You know, mm-hmm. the early bird gets the worm. All this stupid stuff, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. that's where that's where I have a hard time trusting God. Man, mm-hmm. is is thinking that day to day is up to me, and then if I don't achieve, and if I don't do this and that, and make the mark, and hustle, and you know, grind, and mm-hmm. you know, if I'm not the best disciple of my children or of my of my wife, or if I'm not, you know, out there getting after it to make you know to make it rain financially, mm-hmm. then um, then that's my fault. You know, instead mm-hmm. of trusting that, hey, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, and you got to be diligent, and don't 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 expect that you know you're gonna get anything by being a bum, mm-hmm. but I'm. You gotta trust that God's gonna take care of you, and that He's gonna provide mm-hmm. for what you need daily, mm-hmm. and He's gonna give you exactly what you need. And so mm-hmm. that's where I trust Him, and that's where I have a hard time trusting mm-hmm. Him. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, stereotypically that's how all guys are. I feel the same way. You know, like it's real easy to think. I said a minute ago the opposite way, but it's true this way too. What you just said that, you know, it's easy to trust that ultimately. I'm going to heaven. Ultimately, <clears throat> Gabriel, my son, is in heaven. But like you said, it's harder to be like, God, I got this guy that's really annoying that I'm going to have to deal with today, and I don't really want to deal with him. Or if I do deal with him, you know, one or both of us is going to get frustrated and not act in a, a Christ-like way. Or, you know, like you said, you know, you worry about day-to-day finances and you see bills coming up and you're like hmm how am I going to pay that or if I do pay that what money do I have left over for emergencies and and yeah I mean that's a I think that's a very uh, relatable thing for guys is just exactly the way you said it I trust God with the most important things but then I take back ownership of the quote-unquote small things and if we're not careful we end up drifting to this place that okay i'm taking care of the day-to-day small things so do i need god or if i do need god do i only need him for big things and so you know i know i'm guilty of failing to pray over the quote small things often because i'm just like you wake up in the morning you do a quiet time or if you do it in the evening whatever your your schedule is you go through your day and and 
all of a sudden it's been four hours, six hours, 12 hours, and you haven't prayed, you haven't even thought about anything other than checking through your list and getting things done. And I think we're men and women too, I'm sure. But I know speaking from the perspective of a man, we're very susceptible to just, God, you handle my salvation. I'm going to handle everything else. Man, and I think that's, you know, that's that's why this, the on the other side of the page here in Matthew, this verse, Matthew 25 through 34, has always meant a lot to me where Jesus gives this like kind of long, like, command about don't worry he says therefore i tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes and he kind of goes on to give some more examples and reminding us that we need to trust him in the day to day because apparently two thousand years ago people were the same as mm-hmm. me and you are mm-hmm. you know today yeah. and uh yeah and so and it's crazy that i that we still struggle with that mm-hmm. man i do you know i i I look enviously, you know, on like stories of missionaries or whatever that were, you know, that were like, I needed, you know, X mm-hmm. and X showed up, even though there was no way that they were able to, to get it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they just prayed about it and then they trusted that God was going to meet that need and the need got met, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I mean, I've seen that evidence in my life, you know, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it from from a spiritual perspective of God giving me comfort, assurance, peace, you know, during difficult times. And I've seen it physically. Mm-hmm. Like when I, no, when Avery, our daughter was born, we did not have insurance mm-hmm. and we were just going to have to pay cash for everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were like, well, I don't know how this is going to work, you know, mm-hmm. but we were just, mm-hmm. we were pregnant and we knew it was going to, we were going to have to figure it out. Right. Uh, Cause we didn't have the money saved up in our bank account. And, um, it was like I remember going like to the OB and they're like, okay, so since your cash, everything start to finish is going to be this, and my wife is going to have a C-section. So mm-hmm. was, they were like, it's going to be eighteen thousand five hundred dollars, right, mm-hmm. or whatever. And that was all her OB care mm-hmm. and her delivery and hospital stay, et cetera, mm-hmm. everything. And that year we got back twenty thousand dollars in taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. right in the and that was that came in like April, you know, or May mm-hmm. or something like that. And she was born in November, and we were like, "Cool, mm-hmm. thank you, God." Like, <laughs> we know we're not touching this money, you know, mm-hmm. for the next six months, right? Mm-hmm. And He provides, man. And so mm-hmm. I just got to get better at trusting Him day to day, for sure. All right, next question: What benefit is there to submitting to God's plan if it causes pain and suffering? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think. There's there's so many. We could spend the next 45 minutes talking about it, just things off the top of my head. But you know, going directly along with this last question where we just ended with that question, I think one of the big benefits is what you just talked about there and in Matthew 6 about worry and you know, having our lives be consumed by anxiety and frustration, temptation to try to do things all on our own. If we're submitting to God's plan, daily we don't have to have that worry and that fear and that anxiety because you know like it says there you know we can cast our cares on him we can we can know that he says you know uh tomorrow's worry is sufficient for itself you know tomorrow will worry about itself there's no reason for you to worry about tomorrow because if you know what are you going to accomplish by worrying Mm -hmm. you know like what positive are you going to accomplish by worrying you're Mm -hmm. not 
worrying, planning for tomorrow is good. Mm-hmm. Planning for the rest of the day, planning for a month out, a year out, 10 years out. You know, people that have 10-year plans, uh, I envy you. I don't have one of those. But you know, planning is good. Worrying is not planning. And I think maybe uh, sometimes I'm susceptible to that. Maybe other people are too, that you just you say I'm going to plan for this or that. And you end up really just sitting around like stressing over well, I'd like to buy a house in the next three years, next five years. How am I going to do that? And you start crunching a couple numbers, and then you're just like, huh, that's never going to happen, you know? <laughs> or, you know, how could I, I got to stop paying for lights and water and, you know, all this. I, was, I can save that money up. I just have to, you know, live on the street and not eat anything other than, you know, McDoubles from McDonald's for a dollar every single day. So, like, we, think we're planning but we just sit around worrying and if we're submitting to the lord and to his plan you know like we talked about in the first question we can trust that god is all powerful god has a plan for everything and i don't have to sit around freaking out because i don't know you know where i'm going point a to point z mm-hmm. and we do know you know there's we know we're not Ultimately, we're not citizens of Spartanburg or America or even the world. You know, we know when we die, we're going to heaven and we're going to be reunited with our children. So if we're living in God's will and just like in you know Romans, the verse we just read there, Romans 12, 1 and 2, we know that if we're being conformed to the spirit and not conformed to the world, then we will trust the Lord and we're being made better we're being made more like christ we're being made more loving made more faithful rather than like we were just talking about again having to do everything on our own and mm. just relying on our own strength our own plans and it just takes that pressure off that mm. i think we feel again women feel it too but as men we feel all the things you just mentioned you know stereotypically at least here in the south stereotypically the men are generally the providers for the family and we feel all that pressure that, you know, what are we going to do if I don't get this promotion or if, you know, I don't get put on that big project, if I, you know, not even the stress of being fired, but let's just say I'm working my current job. If I'm making $60,000 a year, if I'm making $50,000 a year, making $80,000 a year, you know, there's people on that spectrum, even from, from 40000 to 120000 you're living wastefully or or just by the fact that you're making the money and you have to pay your bills you know you're living just barely within your means and you're stressed out all the time because you feel like if I don't get this extra money how can my family do the things I want them to do you know and our standard of living isn't I've provided for my family they have roof over their head they have clothes and they have food our standard of living is we want to take a vacation every year we want to be able to just relax on weekends, you know, and I don't have to go work another job on Saturdays. We want to be able to spend time with our family. You know, we want to be able to buy our kids toys and send them to camps and and all this different stuff. And so whether that's right or wrong is not the time for that conversation, whether we, you know, we live outside of our means. But because that's the expectation of our society in the socioeconomic class that we're in, we stress so much about make it an extra $5, make it an extra $10, that we end up, you can speak to this as a chiropractor, Gabe, we end up with so much stress, we end up with so much frustration and, and 
just being consumed by money that it ends up affecting our relationships, affecting our health, affecting our lifespan. And, you know, again, you could speak to this affecting your quality of life with what you're able to do physically and then what you're able to do with your family. And all that to say, this isn't a, a podcast about stress, but if we are trusting God, we are going to deal with day-to-day struggles. But if we're submitting to his will daily, taking our, our fears and our struggles and our complaints to him and letting him pour his wisdom into us so we can respond to those in a way that honors him, we don't have to deal with any of that. We don't have to carry the stress of the world. We can know just like Jesus calming the storm, we can know he's got the big things and all I have to do is be faithful in the little tasks. And that all adds up over time. Man, that's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that. That was so mm-hmm. good. Um, and I, I gained some wisdom from you mm-hmm. right there, man, listening to that. So thank you. Uh, I think we should end this episode right there. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll pick up in the next episode answering some more tough questions, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you want to go ahead and take us out there, Will? Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us today. Make sure you follow Lost Boys to Found Fathers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out Gabe's books. We have Thy Will Be Done, question mark. We also have Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. Check both of those out, please. Uh, they're great books. I read them. I can recommend them personally. So remember, guys, let's not be lost. Let's be found in Him.